Morning all, it is Thursday, February 29, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening and the Matildas 10-0, 10-0 last night. Uh, it looks like the Uzbekistan side were just uh, happy to get out and uh, come somewhere else and have a good time in Melbourne because uh, they gave up the goes pretty early in that match, but well done to the Matildas. Uh, oh, the Sydney Kings, Gonskis, back-to-back champs. But they're out after being beaten, overrun in the second half by the Breakers last night. The Illawarra Hawks went down uh, as well, uh, going down last night to Tassie, who won that pretty comprehensively. And uh, we've got the cricket starting today as well, Australia and New Zealand. But we're going over to Las Vegas. And Loza, morning to you, mate. What's been going on? Uh, a lot more Aussies have started to arrive, Mido. So there was a lot out and about last night. I actually ran into Chris Walker this morning down at the gym. And he's telling me that his young bloke is a ball boy over here for the weekend. So he's absolutely wrapped with that. Um, it was interesting walking the strip last night because you see them all out. All the Aussies are out uh, with their jerseys and hats and paraphernalia. So... Uh, it's takeover here in Vegas. The Aussies have arrived, they've landed, and they're making their mark. I believe there's a, or essentially the season launch over there tonight, your time, Loz. Yeah, I ran into Fletch and Hindy yesterday, Braith and Nasta. Uh, they, were, they arrived yesterday morning, so they were looking for things to do to stay awake. So you can imagine what the things to do were. That was obviously to find a bar and have a few beers and stay awake till about 8, 8.30 uh, last night. But no, they've got the official launch on tonight. Um, there is, uh, as I said, plenty of uh, media over here, uh, plenty of supporters um, and plenty of uh, advertising for the game. So they're doing all they can, the NRL, in terms of trying to create an atmosphere. Um, they look as though they're going to have about 40,000 people at the game. Uh, which will be fantastic. Uh, you can walk to the stadium. Uh, we're up the top end of the strip, and we're probably 45-minute walk from the stadium. Um, but it's an easy walk because you can you know, walk through the other casinos. You can have a drink on the way to the stadium. You can do whatever, but, you know, have something to eat. But um, I haven't been into the stadium yet, but it, it looks sensational. It's down near the Mandalay Bay. Um, but I was there last night. I, I went and... Um, Spoke to a group of people um, that have over here from from Australia. There's about 90 of them, um, and they were all excited. And a lot of them, it was their first time in Vegas. So you could understand how excited they would be. They love their football. Um, and I, I'm hoping that, um, yeah, they'll enjoy the sights and scenes and they'll enjoy the game on Sunday, uh, Saturday. Pup, morning to you, mate. What's doing? Morning, on a boys. Thursday. Happy Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Matilda's brilliant. Um, yeah, I saw uh, what Loz was just talking about. I saw everybody arrived uh, yesterday. They had a. Um, did they have a chartered flight from Australia for all Aussie fans, Aussie media, um, Fox the crew, etc. NRL, et cetera, crew, et cetera, NRL as well. crew. Yeah. So I saw. Yeah, they had a direct flight to Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Unreal. So, so they didn't stop in LA or, or San Fran. Um, they had the direct flight over and they didn't get much sleep on the plane. The boys were telling me, um, they obviously had a, had a couple of drinks, but then they were, they were tired when they arrived. So they were up and down the strip. Isn't it funny though, when you, I don't know why, but Aussies always just stand out and they dress differently. We dress differently. And obviously you can hear the Aussies. Probably a fair way. Yeah, to but even well. even without the NRL jerseys, we we just stand out, and uh, you know the accent uh, is is another thing that that you pick up straight away. Um, and most of the places I've been in, you, there's always been a group of Australians. Um, and trust me, I've been into a lot of places over here at the moment, and you're running into plenty of Australians. So, and I can only imagine there's more coming in over the next 24 hours. We'll take us through. So, what did you what have you done since? We were on the show yesterday. Uh, basically, uh, I've just been walking up and down the strip, um, going into different casinos, talking to a different group of people, uh, running into people that I've met before, uh, running into people from the country, uh, New South Wales country, running into people from Queensland, running into people from Sydney. Um, 
and they're all excited. They're all excited. They think it's a wonderful idea. They hope it takes off. Um, and like me, when I run into Americans, they're all talking to Americans and talking to them about our game. Um, the weather has been perfect. It's shorts and T-shirt. Um, I haven't put on a jumper at all, um, and that's even at night. Um, but I've been fairly quiet, so I've you know been home by 9 o'clock. But, uh, you know... Uh, there's always plenty of noise. In fact, I went to the gym this morning. And what about this, boys? True story. <laughs> I found two suit jackets in the hallway. Walked past two suit jackets. So obviously someone's had a big night. Oh, so just, just, they've night. just discarded them <laughs> just, in the hallway. Just discarded the suit jackets. Just hasn't made the room. So someone, yeah, just well, hasn't made the What's going on in the hallway the then? <laughs> what? So, so, How do you? So, so I'm sort of right at the end, and as you can imagine, there's different pathways when you go to the lift from mm. from the hotel. And I went round one um, hallway. There was a jacket, and then there was another jacket near the lift. So okay. I, I'm unsure of what happens, but you you hear a lot of noise there's, at night. Yeah, there's a couple of wolf packs on your hallway, by the sounds of it. A couple yeah. of Allens. I, I would think so. I would think so. But, um, yeah, it was uh, interesting. And uh, when I was talking to Chris Walker down at the gym this morning, he's got his family over here. He told me that he hired a car and he, he took his um, family because he's got his kids over here. And he, he, the, the young girls were down at the gym training today and they're about 13 and, and 15. And they're from the Gold Coast. And he, he said that they just couldn't believe their eyes when they went for a drive last night because they went to the old part of town as well. Mm. And then obviously doing the strip. But people just sleep during the day here. And from about 6, 7 o'clock at night, it She's just on. starts to ramp up. Yeah, Beautiful. Well, all the teams will get there today that aren't there. Manly's obviously been there. Uh, also on the show today, fellas, we're going to speak to a break dancer. So I think this is a first. I'm not sure we've done this on the show before. Dr. Rachel Gunn, Australian break dancer. And she will be competing in the Paris Games after breakdancing was added to the roster of sports. And uh, she won the Oceania qualifying event in October. And she's set to become an Olympian. So many questions. Do you get to choose your own music? Surely. Breakdancing work at the Olympics. Well, apparently it's basically you, it's one-on-ones and you're judged. But we'll ask but, her all about that, you, how the competition works. Are you, are you works. going up against the judges or are you going no, no, up you, against someone else? You are being judged against someone else. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's as I understand it. We'll get clarification on that. Do you need that. to be sober while dancing? Because <laughs> <laughs> that takes out a lot of competition. Because there's a, a lot of my mates, you're not touching a dance floor unless you've had too many. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, when do you start? I, when do you start the break dancing to be that good as well? As a youngster, you just grow up with it. A perfect ten is the headline on the back page of the Daily Telegraph. Matilda's march into Olympics, and if you're just tuning in last night, uh, Tony Gustafson he brought Caitlin Ford and Michelle Heyman into the starting eleven at Marvel Stadium there against Uzbekistan, and well, Heyman she'd scored four goals in the first half. It was eight nil at half time. The coach then made mass substitutions. 54,120 was the crowd there at Marvel Stadium. 10 nil against Uzbekistan. I mean, Clarky, it was... Yeah, it was, clubbies. It was clubbies is yeah. an understatement. Yeah, I saw the... But well done, the Matildas. Yeah, I'll great take win. And you know, uh, I'd rather us be sitting here talking about us winning 10 nil than uh, than losing. So, yeah, it's a great turnout. Geez, they got some support, the Matildas. There's no doubt about it. And they put on a put on a show. I watched parts of the first half, and that was enough for me. As you say, 8 nil at halftime. It's uh, trouble. But, um, yep, yeah, good win for the Aussies. And also Kings kicked off thrown in NBL Stunner. Yeah, uh, they, I saw they were up about 7 yeah, I think nine points in the first yep. half, fifty forty one. When I was they had clicking. all the momentum, they just couldn't keep it. I think that's been, well, that yeah, that's been one of their biggest issues throughout the season. They, within a blink of an eye, they they just they lose the lead or they their you know, defense they hasn't been good enough. Points so quickly, yeah. and yeah, you could feel the frustration uh, on the court last night. You know, just seeing uh, coach wasn't happy at certain stages. Um, one stage, I think he did well to to bite his tongue, but yeah, you could feel they were just 
they had momentum. They were in front by, like you say, nine, and they should have been in front by by twenty, but they just couldn't. Um, oh, just errors, a lot of mistakes. The shooting was so inconsistent, and like you say, I think their defence throughout the whole year has been something that um, they've spoken about. Like every 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 player we've had, coach as well on the show for the Kings. It, They've said the same thing, but they haven't been able to fix their problems, certainly not consistently enough. Uh, also, back page of the telly, DCE could be face of the NYC Eagles. So many stories with the, the NRL in Vegas about investment in America, rugby league America, uh, getting players, getting celebrities involved, etc. A lot, surely some entrepreneur is going to approach you over there to coach a side or something. You could be, end up doing business. You might never come back. Well, that might be my new venture, boys. I might be an investor. I might go and work for the franchise. Um, but do you need a media manager? <laughs> well, I can take you on board. You know, what place are we looking at? New York, Vegas, LA? Ooh. Where do you, where where do we want to go? To Dallas? Where's the franchise of choice? Nah, we'll go to New York. We'll go yeah, to New, New York. York. You got, yeah. That's where it's big. If you're going to make it, you're going to make it there. But um, oh, look, I think anything's possible. Um, but it's plenty of talk at the moment. But if they can get it up and running, um, I think it'd be obviously a great thing for the game. Um, but I, I think we just sit and wait and see what happens after this game on, on Sunday. And obviously they're meeting the commission, uh, the people that are involved in trying to set it all up. And if they get the backing of the, the NRL and they're committed to starting up these franchises and they get people behind it that have um, a little bit of money, uh, that want to invest in the game and grow the game, then anything's possible. You, you just never know. You've, you've got to start. You've got to start from somewhere. You've got to think big, uh, but you've got to be able to sustain it. That's the issue. You can't just, as we've always spoken about, have the, the sugar hit because it'll, it'll, there'll be some issues that, that, that they face and some challenges along the way. It's not going to be easy. Um, because people have tried in the past, but if they're trying it on a bigger scale and they've got people with a bit of money to support it and back it for a period of time, I mean, they've got to be in it for at least, what, 10 years, you would think. Mm. You, know, back- you, you can't be in there just putting it up for a year or two and then just pull it out. You've, you've got to be there for 10 years if you want to commit. Back page of the Courier-Mail, King Arthur's just a story on Jesse Arthur's there and sort of his road from... Uh, well, nearly out the door at the Broncos at one point to being their first choice ring- winger, really. Now, uh, after Selwyn Cobbo, of course, moved into the centres, Dean Mariner picked as the other winger there for the Bronx against the Roosters on Sunday. And on the front page of the Sydney Morning Herald today, Turbo aims to strike at Lucky. And just uh, a story of Tom Trebojevic. There he is in front of the strip at MGM Grand. Uh, the great Turbo and Loz, uh, can't wait to see him back in action uh, with all that bad luck, of course, due to various injuries. But it'll be interesting to see where he's actually at, considering, you know, obviously coming back from that hamstring last year, you know, we sort of noted how he didn't sort of have that absolute acceleration off the mark that we're used to seeing from him. And, you know, maybe he was playing a bit within himself, uh, but we expect him to be all systems go come Sunday. Well, I think anyone that's had hamstring problems, when you come back, it's always in the back of your mind. So you've got to have that period where you can get through 12 months of not re-injuring it. And I think you'll see a different turbo. He won't be hesitant. There's no doubt that he was hesitant last year when he returned. It looked like he couldn't stretch out or didn't want to stretch out. Um, and he was withholding um, you know, his, his natural sort of power and, and, and pace at times. Uh, but I think that'll be different because he's had some time now to work on all the injuries. He looks fit. Everything I've heard and I've seen of Tom, he looks like he's in for a big year, and hopefully he is. Because if he plays the majority of the games, history suggests that, and the winning percentage suggests, that they just make a finals. You know, he's around 75% when he plays. So I know we're doing our top eight later, but this Manly roster, it's... A good roster. It's a good. It's as good a roster as they've had in the last few years. Um, and if they're all fit and all playing to their potential, there's no reason why they shouldn't play finals. And I've got them in my eight this year. I've got them in my eight based on Tom not having that bad luck and being there because he's an elite player and he's one of these players that gets the best in others. But the things that he does on the field, no one else can do. 
And uh, we will be revealing those top eights in about 20 minutes' time. All right, Smith can open door to greatness. Pup on the back page of The Australian today, 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, The first ball over there at the Basin Reserve at Wellington, the first test between New Zealand and Australia. It is just extraordinary to think the Kiwis have won one of the past 31 tests against us going back to November 1993. I think he played in that test at Hobart. I did uh, play in that test, yeah. Uh, back in about 2011 when we are going through an enormous transition period, of course, as well. But there's uh, Pat Cummins and Tim Southie, the, the captains on the back page of The Australian today. And just a story about Steve Smith and you know his teammates saying that his obsessiveness means he won't, won't stop until he aces this opening position mm. in the Australian batting lineup. Remember, we're coming off a defeat against the West Indies, so there's that sort of underlying pressure there coming off that shock loss. Yeah, I, well, I think Smitty's shown. He, he's, he's batted just about everywhere in the order. Um, he did carry his bat in that test too. Yeah, well, he's, he's played, he's opened the batting for five minutes, so I know there was, he, he, they asked him when he did his press conference after that series as well, they were saying he couldn't open, and then he came out and said, well, now I'm averaging 60. It's, it's just going to be judged on time. I think he, he's earned the right to have the time that he deserves, so he wants to open the batting. Let him open the batting. Um, let's see what the... If these wickets are half decent, he'll make... He can make 200s in, in, in these two test matches. He's... He's a, he's a great player. There's no doubt about it. He will adapt. He will adjust. He'll find a way. If he makes no runs in these two tests, it doesn't... To me, it makes no difference. If he wants to open the batting, then give him the time he needs. Give him a crack. Let him stay in that position. Um, and he'll find a way to yeah, to score runs, like I say. So, yeah, hopefully he does just to keep the media um, off his back. He needs one score and then they'll, you know, talk about his brilliance. That's, that's the way this game goes. You've just got to find ways to perform. So I'm expecting the Aussies to win both test matches. I think it will be, um, well, again, the pitches are important. If they produce uh, wickets that move around, that swing and seam, I think it'll be a really good two-test series. Uh, if they don't, I think Nathan Lyon will be the difference. I think he's that significant um, in, in the Australian team, but particularly because I don't think New Zealand uh, play spin or bowl spin as well as Australia does. Um, but I, I, I'm assuming... Uh, listening to Pat Cummins speak yesterday, the wicket's got a fair bit of grass on it, or it did last night. I'm assuming they'll leave that on there. The other thing as well about New Zealand, a lot is determined by sun or overcast conditions. If you get sun, even if it looks green, it plays pretty well. If you get overcast, it can be really hard to bat. So I'm sure both captains will be looking at the forecast quite closely. Um, but I hope it's a really hard-fought series. Fifth test between India and England starts later today as well. Uh, by the way, anyone who backed the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA yesterday, feeling oh, for you. Uh, what about that buzzer beater? For anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, Cleveland, 121-119. The Cavs' Max Struess, a 59-foot buzzer beater from the other side of half court. Heartbreaking. It's time it? expired to win the game. Uh, you don't see that too often from beyond half court to win a game. Uh, so we were just watching replays of it here in the studio. Extraordinary stuff. All right, it is 6 o'clock. Uh, give us a call, 135353 0419 on the text line. Uh, there was a nice little dad joke here for you, Loz. I'm over here in Vegas. They're calling me arthritis because I'm getting into every joint, says Dan. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Well, it's very funny that I'm talking about one joint. I ran into this, uh, well, a couple of blokes last night, and it was about, I don't know, 5 o'clock. And I said, oh, how's it going, mate? He said, yeah, good. He said, better than my mate. And I said, all oh, right. He goes, yeah. He got in at 7 o'clock this morning, and he said he's had two hours sleep, and he said he's he's back at it. And he goes, mate, he went everywhere last night. <laughs> and I said, all right. I said, um, is he is he over here with other people? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, his wife's still going. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, wait. So, so, so his what wife party's harder than him. <laughs> Good girl. So he's trying to keep up with her. That's why he married yes. her. Yes. It's extraordinary. Good girl. Teamwork, Mido. Let's, teamwork. let's get him on the show. Our top eight's coming up shortly. There's just some FA Cup coming up this morning as well to kick off in 20 minutes' time. Chelsea up against Leeds. Nottingham Forest up against Manchester United just after that. Wolves and Brighton as well. And then in 50 minutes' time, Liverpool and Southampton will kick off 
in those fifth round clashes of the FA Cup, uh, that match at Anfield. So all those markets open with tab as well. Give us a call, 1353 53. Uh, Loz in Vegas, of course, just uh, three days out. Three days? Yep. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three days out to the start of the NRL season. Uh, Just some other news around the traps. I see that uh, Phil Gould on the Six Tackles with Gus podcast said that Cowboys forward Helam Lukey has taken off an option to stay at North Queensland rather than be enticed by big offers by uh, the likes of the Dragons or the Dolphins. The Courier-Mail, though, reporting that the Cowboys say they're continuing to work with Lukey's management. So they're not confirming that that has been the case, but you'd expect Gus probably to be uh, in the know with that situation. But uh, Loz, he is a great retention for the Cowboys if that is the case. And uh, I've got them in my eight, and we'll we'll reveal ours shortly. But uh, that's a huge boost for them. Gee, they've they've got some big boppers and some young talent, don't they, in the back row? They certainly do, Mido, and that's one of the reasons why they release Luciano Leilua. Um, the Cowboys, isn't it funny, when you when you when I sat down to do my eight, I've left out on good teams. I've left yeah. out good teams that will leave egg on my face at the end of the year, no, no doubt, um, because you can't fit them all in, and you just had to make a call on a few of them. Um, you know, they've got arguably the three best young back rowers in the game when you think about it. Finney Fuiaki is a wonderful player. Um, Lukey and Nenai. Nenai didn't have the season we expected from him last year. And I reckon there's a couple of reasons. Well, the, the main reason was the fact that he went away on the World Cup tour. I, I think he had a big year on the field. He, he played for Australia, uh, played for Queensland and was outstanding and then made the Australian tour for the World Cup. And I reckon he enjoyed himself and came back, shorter pre-season, picked up a couple of injuries. I think he was suspended as well and just didn't all go to plan for him. So I think the fact that he wouldn't have had a good season or didn't have the season he wanted to have will motivate him to be even better this year. Um, But the Cowboys, you know, Jordan McLean up front. What was the latest with Cohen Hess? I heard he injured his knee on the weekend and... He was enormous for them last year. So there was fingers crossed because they thought it may have been an ACL against the Raiders there on the weekend. Now, we already know that Tom Gilbert is out, um, and that's a massive blow for the Titans. And if Cohen Hess is out, I think that hurts the rotation of the Cowboys forward pack as well. They're still awaiting confirmation there from Scans, Loz. Uh, So knee injury... Yeah, and waiting for confirmation from the club of what his uh, prognosis is. Yeah, well, I was saying it could be an ACL or a medial, um, but oh, yeah, but he he was in terrific form, you know. So uh, that will affect their rotations, and if he's not there, the Cowboys that's a massive blow for them. And he's he's a leader, you know. He's been around the traps for a while. Um, he's playing his best football now. He went through a stage there, Cohen Hess, when he first came onto the scene. He was like going to be the next sort of Gordon Tallis. He was destructive, mm. aggressive, big man. And then he hit a bit of a flat spot in his career. And he was alternating between not knowing whether he was a back row or a, or a middle. Uh, now they've found him that spot in the middle of the field. He's adapted to that role. And I thought the last couple of years, he's been tremendous for the Cowboys. Let's do it, Loz. Your top eight. For season 2024, Oof. what have you got? Oh, yeah. uh, well, I can't leave out last year's, uh, last year's grand finalists, Penrith and the Broncos. So that's in order, Penrith minor premiers oh, again? Yeah. Uh, look, it's, it's hard. I, I, I don't know what the, what, who'll, who'll win the comp, but in terms of my top eight, I've yeah. got Penrith and the Broncos, Roosters and the Storm all finishing top four. Penrith, Broncos, Roosters, Storm, top storm. Four. That's my top So four. you got the Storm in fourth. Yep. yep. And, and then my bottom four is the Warriors, South, Manly, Raiders. There you go. Raiders. I knew it. Most pup. definitely. I knew it. Raiders. So Loz's in top eight. eight. It That's is all heart daily. All heart. So here we go. Yeah, a bit of both. Penrith, Broncos, Roosters, Storm, top four. 
Warriors fifth, South sixth, Manly seventh, Canberra eighth. So Newcastle Ooh. and the Sharks, Loz. As far as teams last year that made it. Eels, Cowboys, Titans all left them out. Dolphins. It's hard, isn't it? Couldn't find a spot. So Eels, Sharks, uh, sorry, Knights and Sharks out. And you've got Manly and Souths in. So two out, two in. There's uh, Loz's top eight. All right, Pup, over to you. Give us your top four first in order. I'm going the Broncos to win the GF. And minor premiers? Uh, no, Penrith minor premiers. Okay. But Brisbane to win the grand final. So Broncos, Panthers, Cowboys, Roosters. Hang on, Penrith, Broncos, Cowboys in third. Yep, Roosters fourth. Yep. Hang on, did you have Broncos to win the grand final? Or oh, yeah, I'll just do it. Well. Just doing your eight, I want, firstly. I want my Brisbane Broncos at the top, please. Okay, so you want them as minor premiers <laughs> No. Now. Okay, no. well, I'm doing top eight ladder order. Okay. Bottom four. Yep. South, Warriors, Manly, Storm. Okay. So, Pups, top eight. Penrith, Broncos, Cowboys, Roosters. And then South, Warriors, Manly, Storm. Storm. Yes. All right, I've gone Broncos, minor premiers and premiers. Roosters second and grand finalists. Penrith third, Manly fourth. Warriors fifth, Melbourne sixth, Cowboys seventh, Souths eighth. So you've got the same eight as me, so just I've different order. Souths, North Queensland, Manly in, Cronulla, Newcastle, Canberra out. But gee, there's a clump of teams lost, isn't there? In that oh. sort of second tier. Like, there, I wanted Parra in, had to leave him out. Newcastle, Newcastle. hard to leave Newcastle yeah. out. Even, the Titans will be better under Dez. They'll be yeah. up there. Oh, look, there's, there's a lot of teams that I wanted to try and find a spot for, but I just couldn't. You know, you mentioned the Sharks, Newcastle. Sharks, like, you know the Sharks are always consistent. Yeah. And, and they win the majority of their games. They'll, they'll win, you know, close to 13 games. But I... I I see a lot of those teams finishing all the same points, and it'll come down to four and against. But to put them all in, it's hard. You've got to leave teams out. But none of those teams would surprise me out of the Cowboys, the Eels, Newcastle, Sharks, Titans to make the, make the top eight. And in fact, there's a couple there that wouldn't surprise me if they made the top four. Let us know what you think, 13-53-53. We, we know what people think. Well, the first two texts. You're off your head. You're off your head, Loza. You're off your head, Loz. Stay away from those bars. They're the first two texts. But what do they don't like my top eight? Or just because I think the majority of people would have a lot of those sides in their top eight. So if you get one or two wrong at the end of the year, that's a pretty good strike rate. Tell me people won't have Penrith in their top eight. That's a tick, isn't it? Definitely, I got them in mind. Broncos would be yep. Broncos would be in most people's top eight. That's a, most people have the Roosters in the top eight. That's well, a what's tick. The, what's when you look at our three top eights? Apart, apart from the raid, like Mido and I have got the exact same teams, just in different order. Your only team different, Loz, is you've got the Raiders, which again, I think everyone expects you to put the Raiders yeah, but in. That's, but, but, but that's, that's, that's okay. Yeah, that's I, I can exactly understand right. that I if people so are fun. saying off my head, off your head because yeah, of the Raiders. But so my, my top eight, I think majority of people would have at least six of those sides in their own top eight. Yeah. Unless I'm misreading the room. How can you leave the Knights out? Uh, yeah, yeah, fair call. <laughs> it's a fair call. Fair How call. can we? Stick to cricket, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Will do. MG at Penrith says, Los Raiders have the worst spine in the NRL. They'll be around the spoon. I'll have a carton on it that they don't make the eight, says MG. It's done, Penrith. MG. Done. <laughs> there you go, MG. Uh, love it. Uh, plenty of texts here. Broncos will be bottom of the eight, just scraping in. Uh, lots of Canberra texts, not the green machine, Los. Uh, the factor, more in... Uh, hang on, where was it? Loz of Raiders, please. Remember your son Jack has left the Raiders. But that's interesting with the Raiders, Loz, and having them eighth where they finished last year. So essentially saying that there'll, no be, there'll be no great net loss with Jack Whiten leaving the club. So you're very confident that the club will handle the departure of Jack Whiten in a very positive way. 
Oh, no, no doubt. I think they'll handle it. Are they a better team with Jack in it? Yes. Um, but I think Jack's style of football is going to be... Let me rephrase that. It will be easier to replace rather than a ball-playing 5'8". He's a running 5'8". And I think that both weeks and strains, depending on who gets the opportunity there, will... Um, will fill the breach. And I think you'll see a better Jamal Fadi. I think Jamal is a, is a player that is better when he's the dominant half. And I think sharing those responsibilities last year with Jackie probably held, held him back a little bit. So I think giving him more responsibility will help elevate his game. And when I mean elevated, I mean he'll be a more louder and dominant voice. Um, I think at times last year, you know, there was a period there where the Raiders were unsure of who was in charge and what they were sort of doing. But now you've got that one focal point. I think it just becomes Jamal's team. Um, there's no doubt they'll miss Jack because he's an inspirational leader. He was a guy that put on a shot when it was required. He could come up with a play. Um, so you can never replace those great players. But I think the Raiders with weeks, strains there, running 5'8", their forward pack is as strong. Like they've got depth in their forwards. And I don't care what team you are, if you can be competitive in the middle, you'll give yourself every opportunity to win games of football. And you see it. You, you, you take Leota and Fisher-Harris out of that Penrith side, and if they don't establish the go forward that they do at times, you've got the best player there in Nathan Cleary. He's not going to have the same impact if those two guys don't do the job for him in the middle. And the Raiders, when you look at Tarpany, Papa Lee, Corey Horsburgh, uh, Morgan Smithies, they've got a massive wrap on um, through their middles, plus some of the younger guys. I, I just think their forward pack keeps them in the game. And then they've got some good strike out wide. I, 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 th- I think they're a good side. I think they're a good side. I don't think they're a wooden spoon side, as, as a lot of people think. It says a lot about your organisation too. If you lose one player and you you think that the season's already over and you 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 fall by the wayside, um, so I, I think they recover and I think they they handle the the transition away from Jack better than most teams would handle losing a star player. Uh, more text here. I can't knock any of the top eights because you can't fit fourteen into eight. So let's see if you get it wrong. though, I'll spray you all. Says Mitch from Robertson. Uh, Daily, I'll bet you a case Newcastle are better than Canberra this year, says Tony. If you want to wager cartons on the Raiders making the top eight, you might want to start buying them by the pallet. <laughs> um, what else have we got here? Uh, boys, I think the Roosters are the Enigma side this year. They'll either finish first or second or finish in the bottom five with the Sharks, Tigers, Dragons and Dolphins, says Duckman. Uh, one man gang here from Maitland. Who do you think will be the most improved side in 2024? I've definitely gone Manly. Uh, Pup, I guess based on last year, you've probably gone Cowboys. the Cowboys yep. back in the top four where yep. they were two years ago. Yeah, I like their change of leadership at the Cowboys. I think it might have might have stirred a bit mm. in camp. Keep them on their toes, yeah. But, I, yeah, I think they've got some... Um, I think their two leaders now are not what you say, it's what you do, leaders. And, yeah, again, my only concern around the Cowboys is origin time, how many players they're going to lose. But, yeah, I think, um, well, obviously putting them where I've put them, I think we're going to see the best of them this season. Well, Been we, wrong before, though, Mido. Obviously, <laughs> we've spoken time. about Souths a lot in the off-season. But, you know, I, I think a lot of us look at South laws and think that roster is a top-four roster, yet none of us have put them in the top-four. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair call. Um, but you've got to look at the other rosters of the other team. <laughs> you know, you could you could put the. I, I could make a case for the Warriors being top four. I, I could make a case for a couple of those teams that are left out of the eight making the top four. But you got to make a call. Um, and South, they've got to prove to people that everything is honky dory, and you know they're all united, and um, they're going to be a different football team to what they were last year. You look at their team, if you threw Campbell Graham and Whiten in there, um, it's, a, it's as good a team as you'll see from South in the, in the last few years. 
their forward pack with Kepi being up front gives them a bit more depth. And I think I said last year, I was always worried about them being one middle too short, one big bopper. Um, but Kepi moves well. He's aggressive. You add something to this team. Their back row is as good as anyone. Kalal Matingi, Arrow and Murray. Um, Tommy Burgess coming off the bench. Havili. The fact that he can play hooker if anything happened to Cookie, but he's a running back rower or front rower as well. Uh, Jacob Host played well last year. They've got some good young kids. You know, Talis Duncan is what, one that comes to mind quickly. Um, they've got a real try scorer in Tyrone Munro. I think he'll be in for a big year. Um, so, yeah, I, I see South improving. You know, all the talk coming out of them this season is they've trained well, they're united, they're a happy group, there's no factions, there's, there's, there's no breakaway groups, they're all in together, they're all on board. And the only way you get to see that is through performance. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see on Sunday, we'll, we'll, we'll see how they go. But, you know, with Jack and Campbell Graham in that team, yeah, they're, they're going to be hard to beat. Uh, boys, para a moral to make the eight, says Dubbo Eel. Lads, Brisbane and Melbourne won't make the top four. Souths v Roosters grand final, says Rosa. Uh, Souths are one injury or suspension away from bottom four. If Mitchell is out, they have nothing. Bottom uh, four. Firm from 350 wow. to 280 to miss the top eight, says Paddy Baby. Uh, if Ricky Stewart can get the Raiders to the eight, it'll, it'll be one of his best coaching seasons. I'm a massive Raiders fan. And I just think that the halfback and the five-eighth need to combine. Uh, I don't think that whole text is there, but thank you. Keep them coming. Zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two. Just a dominant performance by the Matildas last Eight. night. 10-0. Uh, if you're just waking up, 10-0. Yes, they won at Marvel Stadium against Uzbekistan. It was raining goals about five minutes in. Uh, every time I see Tony Gustafsson, though, Loz, I just chuckle. I just think Ted Lasso. <laughs> straight away after your comments during the World Cup that he reminded you of Ted. And he just does. There's something about him. I know that's unfair because he, he obviously knows what he's doing. <laughs> Unlike Ted. <laughs> Ted didn't have a clue. <laughs> but it worked for Ted. It did. Things it's work, good. Mido. You've just got to be able to have that Midas touch. You've got to have a group of players that in the end believe in you. And um, no matter what your tactics are like, um, if you can bring them to the field to play their best football, things just happen. And obviously the Matildas are loving life under Ted. They've got the job done. They've secured their berth to Paris after their performance last night. So well done to them. And there's no Sam Kerr either. Hmm. You know. What can't be denied, that, that crowd, 54,120. Yeah, <laughs> Because I was just thinking, you know, you're thinking our national sides across, you know, across the landscape in Australia. Like, it's not like the A-League women's is flying or the A-League men's as far as ratings and bums on seats is concerned. Mm. And you're looking at the same thing at the moment. I was thinking about, you know, Super Rugby, you're looking at the same thing. And so (laughs) success is everything, particularly for, for football and rugby in this country with obviously the NRL and the AFL being the dominant codes. You know the nationals. The national sides have to have success mm. for both those sports to flourish, and we've seen it with the Socceroos as well. Make it to the World Cup, put them on the global stage. People will, you know, casual sports fans will will lean in, uh, and that's certainly the case with the Matildas because success has brought that, you know, that 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 following. Yeah, don't underestimate don't underestimate what the World Cup did as well. Like oh, the without World a doubt. Yeah, I think on the back of the World Cup and what well, the we success we had at the World there. Cup, though, lots as well. Yeah, we went, if we went out well, in the pool, well, did pool we have stage, success? Did we have the success? Well, to beat France and end up in the final four, that's success for Australia, considering our history at the tournament. Mm. But is it ticket day parade and statues? Oh, absolutely and... not. But what, what I'm saying Definitely is, a day it, off. what I'm saying is, it's done yeah. enough to get fifty four thousand there last. That's night. exactly right, and and and. and I think what's happened with the Matildas, though, it's given them a voice and it's also given them access to people seeing who they are. Not only Sam Kerr, who's one of our most marketable athletes, but people actually know and can now follow them. I think that's one of the things with rugby union in this country. No one knows who the players are. Mm. They could walk down the street and not too many people would know 
who they are, what team they played for. Which wasn't the they case. They might look at them and ago. go, well, they look like mm-hmm. a rugby player, but they wouldn't know who they are. So you've got to know your stars for people to go and support a team, I believe. Mm. You've got to know who they are. Definitely. Uh, our traders at Tab have uh, released 2024 Matilda's Olympic Futures and two markets here. To win the gold medal, they're $10. To win any medal, $3.50. That is open under Football Futures uh, on the Tab app and the Tab website. Uh, we've got Evan Priest coming up. Uh, lots of reaction to, obviously, the top eights. Uh, if you're just tuning in, Loz and Pup picked their top eights uh, just before. You can catch everything on the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Big Sports Breakfast. Uh, but all ours were pretty similar, weren't they, Pup, really? Well, I think we worked out, apart from Loz picking the Raiders in eighth position in his crew, uh, we've all picked the same teams. Apart from the Raiders, it's the that's the only difference between the three of us. So we all yeah, we, we had the order, Cowboys and Loz hasn't. Yeah. Mm. So our, our order is is all very different, but we've all got the same teams making the top eight. So, but yeah, I, I, well, I can only talk myself when I was looking at the top. Again, it was so it was extremely hard for me to leave out Newcastle and Parramatta. Newcastle, Parramatta, and the Sharks were probably the three. That I was that I was fighting against to leave those three out, um, but yeah, mate, I'm I'm more than happy to get it wrong. <laughs> Couldn't care less. But I was asked to give what I think is my top eight, and there it is. We'll nail you to it. I've kept it in the All back. I know of my is book. the Tigers, unfortunately, are not in there. I, I, I wish they were. Where's your loyalty? Well. My loyalty is do not win the wooden spoon or do not lose the wooden spoon, Tigers. That, Who gets it then? I don't care. I actually don't care. Just not us. I just want to see improvement. That is my biggest fear. After watching that second trial game, blah, I feel sick in the stomach. So I just I just want to see improvement. Hello, Evan. How are you? <laughs> that intro, I just love it. I'm, I'm good, thanks, Peter. I'm, I'm very good, mate. Uh, how's... How's everyone, particularly Loz? I understand Loz is over in Vegas. Jeez, that's a bit of a, a gravy train. How do you get on that one? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been pretty good at, um, at the moment, Evan. Um, lovely weather here in Vegas. Uh, plenty of people out on the strip. A lot of Aussies. They're all excited about the football on the weekend. I think they're expecting up to 40,000 people. So a majority of them will be Australians, no doubt. But it's quite a exciting place to be because it just it felt like it's picked up every night. Uh, a lot of Australians getting around and I reckon the players will embrace it as well. And I reckon, I said it right from the start, I think there'll be great games of football to start the year and I think it'll be the greatest start we've had to a season with the quality on display because they're four really good sides. Um, they know what's ex- at, ex- at what is at stake, and they will give a performance, I'm assuming, that will be better than any round one we've seen before. So we're all excited over here. I can't wait, mate. Uh, quick tip, if you need a, need a coffee over there, go to Vesta Coffee or Mothership Coffee. That's where I, I normally go when, I'm in, when I've been to Vegas a couple of times. It's wonderful. Where, where are they, mate? Where are they? About five minutes, five to ten minutes out of the strip. Vesta Coffee and Mothership Coffee. Oh, Thank you later. It's wasted on Loz, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no, you yeah, love coffee it. Doesn't... You, you do have an espresso, Loz, but that's that. Yeah, but I, you know what? I haven't needed one over here, Mido. Surprise, surprise. A 10.30 start. Oh. <laughs> Gym under the belt. Oh, what a life. All right, let's oh, talk some golf. A great time slot. I'll tell you, he's got good lives at the moment. Those playing with Liv. Oh, yeah. As they just swim in their cash, and Anthony Kim, <laughs> uh, Anthony Kim going to live golf. Why are people so fascinated by Anthony Kim, Evan? Well, he, he is the Michael Phelps of, of golf at the moment. He's um, taken a huge, huge uh, signing bonus to go over to live. Uh, Mido, everyone is fascinated by Anthony Kim in golf because he developed this kind of Bigfoot, um, you know, mystery about him because he. He came out of the blocks. He was a super talented kid. He was a massive party boy. People, he really resonated with fans. Had an amazing golf swing, and then he just sort of disappeared off the face of the earth to the point where they were, you know, like almost um, Kobe Bryant sightings in Los Angeles. You know, like he would, someone would film him walking into a restaurant. And we hadn't seen any footage of Anthony Kim in four or five years, and he was hiding away in Dallas, and no one knew what he was doing. But he basically had an injury to his Achilles tendon, 
uh, and then took out an insurance policy that would, that paid him in the realm of $20 million, but the caveat was he could never play professional golf ever again and would avoid the insurance policy. So he took the re- early retirement and the cash, and, uh, and, and, and sort of, I guess, uh, 12 years later, that was 2012, um, he's reappeared on the, on the scene of Live Golf. They've thrown some money at him, and he's says he missed the competition, and now he's, he's playing as an individual, uh, as a wild card on Live Golf's roster. So he'll play for himself and his scores, but he won't play on a team for the remainder of the season. And uh, the swing's looking good, and, and God, it's, it's, there's a lot of curiosity about how, how this guy's going to go. He was predicted to win big majors and, and things like that. Evan, how's the insurance claim work then? <laughs> They're saying over that period of time, he's, he's fine. Take your 20 yeah. mil insurance claim and now go and take you. What's he getting from Live Golf? Exactly. Clarky, I, I would what? guess, and I don't know this for sure, but I would guess that um, Live Golf has com- have compensated him for losing that insurance yeah, okay. claim. And I don't know I don't know if he would pay back a certain percentage that, you know, uh, I don't know how it works, but, but whatever it is, it, it's made Anthony Kim feel comfortable avoiding that policy. So yeah, wow. we can only imagine the, the sums they've thrown at him. But um, the, the bookies have, like, not really buying the hype, though. The golf world's pretty excited, but the bookies are suggesting that the over-under on his first round is 74 and a half, and that's, that's, that the par there is a 71, I believe, so it's more than three over par. Mm. And uh, to, he's, he's expected to finish, according to the bookies, almost at the bottom of the field. Uh, and that's understandable. He hasn't played professional golf in 12 years, so yeah. uh, we'll see. Well, Cam Smith didn't have to go down the insurance route to get his money. He obviously signed and was one of the big-name players there, and I'm assuming he would have loved to have been in Vegas this weekend to watch his beloved Broncos, but he's not going to make it, Evan. <laughs> no, he's, uh, he'll be teeing up in the same tournament as Anthony Kim and, and, and hoping to win it. I spoke to Cam yesterday for, for an interview for a feature, and uh, I had a chat and said, mate, how, how devastated are you? You're not in Vegas. He goes, yeah. I, when they announced it, it was before the Live Golf schedule, and he was booking... You know, he was working out a private jet to come across from Florida, and he was bringing mates, and, and some friends were going to come from Brisbane, and, and it was all set, and uh, and he, he was devastated when the schedule came out and it clashed with that event, but he was really looking forward to seeing his beloved Broncos at Allegiant Stadium there, and uh, and it, it would, have, would have been a good one, but he'll be playing live golf are on the next two weeks, Saudi Arabia and then Hong Kong next week, so that's where uh, our, our biggest golf star will be. What about the PGA Tour, mate, at Palm Beach? What can we expect from that course? Yeah, not not the the greatest event on the planet. Um, pretty historic event at, at PGA National in Palm Beach Gardens. There, uh, Rory McIlroy is the only shot of shot of breath or the breath of air into this tournament. Um, it's it's sort of in the in the sleepy part of the schedule, but I do expect. Um, and, and there's not a lot of Aussies too, so so I don't think a lot of Aussies are paying attention to this golf tournament. We've got Min Woo Lee and Aaron Badley, um, and then and then the Kiwi Ryan Fox. So. Not not the greatest golf tournament in the world, and particularly with Anthony Kim coming back, I think all eyes will be on Liv Golf. Who are you tipping then? My bets uh, for this week, actually, there's some good value to be had. Uh, Rory McIlroy is always a solid bet. If you can get Rory McIlroy at a weak field at $8, it's, it's worth having a, a flutter on if you want. But my, my, bet, my bet this week is Eric Cole, a bit of a journeyman. He was a 35-year-old rookie last year, and he was in a playoff to try and win this uh, it was called the Honda Classic last year. Honda pulled their sponsorship. He was in a playoff to win that. Lost it, but really, really good player. Son of a PGA Tour player. He's paying $26 to win and $3.60 for a top 10. So I, I really like him. And then with the with the, uh, the the top Aussie, there's only two of them. And, and Min Woo Lee is something like a $1.37 favourite. So it's not really worth... I, I would go Aaron Badley at $3.50 because Aaron Badley was actually the top Aussie uh, last week in, in Mexico. So... Definitely have a go at uh, those couple of bets. Okay, Eric Cole, $26 with Tab, $3.50 for top 10. Aaron Baddeley, $3.50 top Aussie. Uh, tell us about the Australian Golf Digest article on Taylor Gooch as well. <laughs> my mob, of course, a bit of a stir. Uh, we, we, uh, my editor, Brad Clifton, had an interview with Taylor Gooch, uh, probably Live Golf's best player who's, who's fallen well outside the world rankings and he's fallen outside the majors and whatnot. And he came out and said that... Uh, if, if Rory McIlroy were to win the Masters and complete the career Grand Slam, it would have an asterisk next to it because some some players uh, are missing oh. there. And, and and the players that he named were, you know, God, they're, they're, they're not panel beaters, but they're certainly not beaten the world by any stage. Every golfer who, who should be in the Masters is in the Masters. And uh, he, said, he said it would have an asterisk. And that has not gone down well with the golf world. Yeah. And it's been written all around the world. So people calling him out. And then uh, someone actually hilariously edited his Wikipedia page 
and went down to all his live golf wins and put an asterisk and said Rory McIlroy was not in the field. So they had a bit of fun with it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Getting snarky, isn't it? Uh, yes. Thank you, Evan. Have a great week, mate. Thank you, boys. We're going to speak to the Waratahs assistant coach, Paulie R.C. Talmopio, shortly and Super Round in Melbourne this weekend. Every club or franchise is there. Uh, ahead of that weekend. Uh, gee, there's some news around, lots of off-field news in Super Rugby at the moment. The Brumbies, I see with the Rebels future in question, there's been speculation about the Brumbies and Rugby Australia chairman uh, Daniel Herbert. He says that Rugby Australia is committed to the Brumbies, that they have a part to play as part of their alignment of high, high performance. Uh, Loz, you know, you've obviously been there through the heyday of the Brumbies there in Canberra. They're our most successful team in Super Rugby. The problem is with the Brumbies, though, their finances are in free fall. Uh, so that's the issue, despite how successful they've been. But, you know, you can't be losing the Brumbies in Australia. Well, well there's, a market. there's a market for rugby there in Canberra. Uh, they're a, an adored team, uh, possibly haven't been as uh, well supported as they should be um, over the last couple of years. But the stadium, you know, I hate going back in time, but, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s, they were the team. They, you know, they were the rugby team that everyone wanted to watch. They played attractive rugby, and they were constantly getting big crowds to Bruce Stadium. So it can happen, and it will happen, but obviously they need a bit of investment because while ever you've got debt and, you know, you, you, you haven't got a, money, a lot of money behind you, that, that debt grows. So they've got to work out a way to bring down that debt and try and make it profitable again because I'm sure rugby can't afford to lose the Brumbies because that's a big franchise. Sunday night at AB Park, it is the Waratahs against the Crusaders. The Tars coming off a 40-22 to loss to the Reds in round one there at Suncorp last weekend. And joining us is the assistant coach at the Waratahs, Paulie Arcee Talmopio. Paulie, great to speak to you, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate your time. And you were right in the game in the first half against the Reds. So what have you identified as the main areas to address after just being overrun in that second half at Suncorp? Yeah, probably just controlling the momentum and just understanding where that momentum shift is um, and sort of how we wrestle that back. Uh, I think it was important that sort of to note that the, the Reds are really good, but at the same time, we probably shot ourselves in the foot too often uh, when the momentum could have swung. Paulie, where's um, on our start of the season and uh, only the first game, but where are the boys at? Uh, we spoke to uh, Matty Burke and we speak to him regularly on the program and he said after that last trial game there was some tough discussions uh, in and around the boys around uh, expectation of the Waratahs but also making sure the brand of football that you're playing is um, is what's expected. Where's the group at after not starting the season the way you would have liked? I think we're okay. Um, you know, and I say that by, um, you know, how the boys are conducting themselves around the, around the, um, uh, the, the clubhouse, so to speak. Um, we, there was some definite hard truths told on Monday, but it's pretty black and white. Like you're showing in video clips and just going, look, this isn't good enough. This is what good looks like. And the boys have sort of taken that on. Um, really well. We trained well on Tuesday. Uh, that was a tough session. But, yeah, I think as as much as we want to, you know, look back and, you know, make sure that we're accountable to, to all our errors there, mm. it's also a really short, fast competition. So you really can't get bogged down in good wins and bad losses. You've just got to take your medicine, get your learnings, and then by Tuesday, you've really got to move on. And we've got the Crusaders, who are seven championships on the bounce. Um, And so we've sort of, that sort of forced our hand a bit, you know what I mean, just to get going. Yeah, Paulie, talk a bit about the Crusaders being the dominant team in Super Rugby, and, um, you know, they're going to be difficult to beat. Where are their strengths, and what do you have to do to beat them? Because I know that you've, you've got to move on pretty quickly, but... You understand as well as anyone in professional sport, once you don't start to get those wins, people start to talk about, well, what's going wrong at the Waratahs and how easy or hard is it for the players know that they have to win but worry about the game and go through the process of not thinking about scoreboard, just doing what we need to do at that particular moment during the game. How do they stay focused 
on that rather than worrying about the scoreboard? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that that's sort of what we're trying to figure out. I think in, in, in all sports, how do you compartmentalise and just go right task after task, next job, no matter what that scoreboard's saying. But obviously, scoreboards these days at the stadiums are so big. You know, you can always see the boys are looking at it and yes. they can feel it. So um, I think it's just repping it at training, getting them into situations where you go, right, you know, don't always think about the pretty picture. If we're down by 14, what does that look like? What's our next job? Um, you know, the Crusaders are a pretty formidable club. They're very strong. So they're just well-balanced right throughout um, all facets of the game. So the cliche is that you run towards every challenge and you've just got to do it this weekend. Like we've got to just take it to them, you know, and... We understand where they're really strong. We know there's a couple of opportunities, but we've just got to really grab this and just just go at it, you know, and um, focus on small tasks rather than the big thing. What about for you personally, buddy? How do you how have you enjoyed working alongside Darren, and, and what's his style as well? How do, how does that work? And I guess now's the time as coaches, assistant coaches. Now's the time where you needed so much when the team, you know, is. And again, it's it's because of the expectation around the Waratahs. It's just there's there's always we want you to win every game you play. Yeah, listen, personally, like that expectation, I I love it. Yeah. I'm in love with it. Yeah. Like I, I I love the pressure that 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 this brings, and it's it's awesome. Like it is it, it is unreal. It's awesome to be in this building and coaching the Waratahs. Um, the history of it, like I was a Mad Waratahs fan and now to be in the tent, especially when we're celebrating 150 years, um, it's unreal, mate. You know, it's, it's, I really like that. DC's unreal. The only reason why I'm coaching at this level is because he trusts me. Like there's no other coach that would have put that trust in me. I hadn't coached at this level before. Um, what's he like? He's massive on accountability. Like it is, know your job, do your job. Um, and that's his big thing. That's what he brings. And he's always pushing the parcel with us around with um, with the assistant coaches to make sure that, you know, we're keeping the boys accountable to what we're coaching. And he's really good at doing that in the background as well as um, as our head coach. And, you know, we're, we've just got to be careful that the losses don't really change who we are, you know, as, as players, you do want a little bit of freedom, especially the back end of the week. Mm. We just need to be careful that what's happening on the Saturdays doesn't drastically change. And now we're choking the boys and we're overcoaching these great athletes. Because, like, as as you guys would know, it's like, geez, guys, like, just give us the detail Monday, train us hard Tuesday, give us what we need on the Wednesday, and by Thursday, Friday, I reckon you guys start to phase out, let us take over. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important that we stay to that and we have little conversations and keeping them accountable. But the last thing I think we want to do is to, is, is to just to choke the boys and then spoon feed them because, it, as we know, when the lights turn on, the coaches are 60 metres away in a box and it's just up to the lads to get their thing. Yeah, and that can also build pressure with inside the group and you can place too much pressure uh, on the playing group. But, Paulie, like... We've all been a part of it where things aren't working and all of a sudden something happens and we don't know what that is, It, but all of a sudden you just, the mindset changes and you're winning games and then all of a sudden you go on a run. Do you think that that is going to happen with this Waratah team because of all the good things they've been doing or are there other things in the background you still need to work on to get them to a stage where you're confident that can go out there and just win and perform and practice onto the park? I'm confident that that could happen. But it doesn't mean that there isn't things in the background that we're constantly working at. And had we won by 50 on the weekends, that that would still be the same thing. But I'm with you, mate. You know, like, like a momentum in a game can swing momentum... Somewhere, like you said, you just don't know what it is, but something in the season can change. And we're feeling that all the time. Like, a season can change on a Tuesday without even, you know, it's like, oh, mate, we had this epic Tuesday and this guy spoke really well. And I don't know, we just went. It, it could be this weekend. But 
our confidence is that that can happen because of the group, you know, and um, and how good the group is. And so our potential, whilst our potential is really good, and we understand we haven't fulfilled that, because our ceiling is high, the players want to do well, we're all connected, um, there, there's always that chance to do that. And whilst there's a chance to do that, no, we are pumped to go and hopefully that's this weekend if it hasn't already happened throughout throughout the week. Paulie, really appreciate your time, mate, and go well against the Crusaders. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.